0: Good evening, Patriots, and it's the end of Friday, June 16th, in the year 2023. I'm going to go over some perspectives of where we are right now, biblically, and I think this is some pretty neat, pretty poignant verses between Peter and Ezekiel that kind of direct us to really the state and the moment in time in which we live. We are definitely entering a moment of... Big change. And in my opinion, it's, it's on the eve of judgment coming to the church first and foremost. And it has to be that way because the church has to be judged before the state. And though nations will be judged, churches were intended to be the shepherds. And that's where this is going to get very interesting in the months ahead, definitely. Patriots, one thing for certain is that we need to keep our health strong. And in keeping our health strong, we need to make sure we take the supplements that are necessary to ensure that that happens. I prefer supplements that are understandable. When you read the label, it's like a, you're reading a shopping list rather than a science manual. And I prefer things that are whole food based. And that's exactly why we have Field of Greens. Patriots, our greatest health is achieved when we rely on God's bounty to support our whole body health. Field of Greens is a whole food supplement that empowers our mind, body, and spirit as we were designed. Each specific fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens has been medically chosen to support specific health functions like your heart, your liver, your kidney health, your immune system, and your metabolism. Field of Greens is organically sourced, manufactured in the United States, and the company is headquartered in Texas. It is a supplement designed to boost the full body-mind function, using Whole Foods. Just read the ingredient label and you will see, it reads like a grocery shopping list, not a lab experiment. Field of Greens is also the only brand with a better health promise. Start using and enjoying Field of Greens and at your next doctor's visit, if your doctor doesn't say something like, wow, whatever you're doing, it's working, keep it up, return it for a full refund. If you keep your body healthy, your mind and spirit will follow. So get started today. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to get 15% off by going to fieldofgreens.com. That's fieldofgreens.com. And if you sign up for the monthly subscription, which you can suspend or cancel at any time, you will get an additional 10% off. That is a total of 25% off. Just go to fieldofgreens.com and use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Again, that's fieldofgreens.com, promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. I'm destined to make this the most popular promo code on the web, which will be great. I want to begin with 1 Peter 4.17. For it is the time destined for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not respect or believe or obey the gospel of God? What's well, going to be interesting in that sense anyway, if, if that is the state where we are, which is where I believe we are rapidly arriving. And that's going to be that the churches are going to be shocked, many of them, as the judgment is placed upon them. And people should be excited about judgment because judgment is literally cutting away and burning away all those things in our life that have nothing to do with kingdom and leaving us truly with what we have done in our purpose and intent in this world. Unfortunately, I think where there's going to be a lot of very painful moments is when people come to the realization that they were misled and misled by shepherds that should have been taking good care of them and unfortunately did not. We are in a very strange time right now, and churches are so far off the mark on so many levels. And so this reminds me of, Matthew 8, 5, starting there anyway, we're going to read that all the way through to 13. As Jesus went into Capernaum, a centurion came up to him, begging him for help and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed with intense and terrible tormenting pain. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied to him, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. But only say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man man subject to authority of a higher rank, with soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those who were following him, I tell you truthfully, I have not found such great faith as this. With anyone in Israel. So, to you that, that say to you that many, I say to you that many Gentiles will come from the east and west and will sit down to feast at the table and enjoy God's promises with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, because they accepted me as Savior, while the sons and heirs of the kingdom, the descendants of Abraham, will not, rec- will not recognize me as Messiah will be thrown out into the outer darkness in the place which is farthest removed from the kingdom. There will be weeping and sorrow and pain and grinding of teeth in distress and anger. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, it will be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was restored to health at that very hour. There's a lot of people that are walking right now in the belief in the belief that they are just walking comfortably with their path and destined for heaven. And their process of this is, it's, it's really just a belief that everything's going to be good and happy, but there's going to be judgment. And it isn't that they're not going to heaven, but it's going to be a, a, really a question that, of where do you rank. Heaven's not an egalitarian place. We see that over and over, and yet there's this perception that comes from the pulpit of the modern day again, when I say these things, it's pretty broad brush, but nonetheless, that everything's going to be okay. And that's not the case because we have so much to do here on earth. This is where we are supposed to be fighting the fight. And the judgment is coming to the church. And sadly, as though Peter was implying what happens to those that are not believers, I would take it a different direction and ask the question, what happens to those in the church that thought they were believers? It's going to be a rough day, and I think we're going to continue to see that roughness occur. I Think of just a number of people that are in total denial for where things are right now. They have no idea what's in the world. They are blind-eyed or don't even want to hear the idea of, of child sex trafficking. They're turning a blind eye to those children that are getting abused. There's, it's just all about living in their little box and living with Jesus, but that's not the calling of what we have. And I'm not telling you, because I know that somebody will probably write this and go, you are suggesting that I'm not going to be saved. If you've accepted Christ, yeah, that's right. You are going to heaven. But I'm going to tell you, you're probably going to be cleaning the toilets in the back. Because there is a ranking. And it is does have to do with our heart and our dedication to what we're doing here on this earth. And that doesn't make people always feel good. But, hey such as life. Now, one thing, Patriots, I do want to, is we're going to move into this in a moment, we do have a very critical time, and I am very serious when I say we have lots of threats right now for power outages, a lot of things coming, a lot of chaos that they're trying to ensue. And we are all about spiritual warfare, but there's also a reality that Peter carried a sword, and you need to make sure that your version of the sword, you are well-trained on, and you're keeping your skills up, and that can happen with iTarget Pro. Patriots, right now, many Americans are feeling powerless. The economy isn't stable, crime continues to plague our communities, and those in charge don't seem to even care. There's something empowering about knowing that you have the skills to defend yourself, and that's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and you still have a ton of practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, increase reaction speed, side alignment, trigger control, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including 223, so that you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to itargetpro.com right now. Again, 10% using your promo code BARDS plus free shipping when you go to itargetpro.com. Don't rely on the government to make you feel safe. Empower yourself with itargetpro. That's the letter I, targetpro.com. itargetpro.com. Offer code is BARDS. Pew, pew. That's not the pew you're sitting in either. So I say that. All right, so listen. We're going to dig into Ezekiel 34. This is a very powerful passage. And the first part is called the prophecy against the shepherds of Israel. And these are the spiritual shepherds. And this really fits into the current day. So it all ties in with what I was just reading. So take a listen. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, prophecy against or prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, the spiritual shepherds, thus says the Lord, Woe! judgment is coming. And the spiritual shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat, the choicest of meat, and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the best of the livestock, but you do not feed the flock. You have not strengthened those who are weak. You have not healed the sick. You have not bandaged the crippled. You have not brought back those gone astray. You have not looked for the lost. You have not ruled them with force but you have ruled them from with force and violence they were scattered because there was no shepherd and when they were scattered they became food for, for all the predators of the field my flock wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill my flock was scattered over the face of the earth and no one searched or sought them therefore you spiritual shepherds hear the word of the lord as i live says the lord god Certainly because my flock has become prey, my flock has even become food for every predator in the field for lack of a a shepherd. And my shepherds do not search for my flock, but rather the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, you spiritual shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds and I will demand my flock from them and make them stop tending the flock so that the shepherds cannot feed themselves anymore. I will rescue my flock from, the, from their mouth so that they will not be food for them. Now, I wanna stress something here. And we talk regularly about the principles of kind of Jesus' directives. Spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, or share the gospel of Jesus Christ, however you wanna say that. Heal the sick. Cast out demons, raise the dead. That's kind of your basic short list of stuff. And then greater works than he. And I want to call your attention to what is being said here. This is a prophecy of judgment against the spiritual shepherds of Israel. And it's amazing if you, when you go to Ezekiel 34, 4, it is literally saying that if you are not doing those things I just said, God is against you or is against them. You have not strengthened those who are weak. You have not healed the sick. You have not bandaged the crippled. You have not brought back those gone astray. That can be easily interpreted, not just those that are wandering, but those that have, need to be raised or even consumed with demons. You have not looked for the lost. You have not ruled, but you have ruled them with force and violence. Now consider what has happened over this last three years of COVID-19. And God made a judgment on these churches, and many churches have closed their doors permanently. I would just say, amen. This is part of this judgment, and we're going to continue to see this because these churches that are not, in, not wanting, the pulpits that are not wanting to lean in to the directives, the authorities that were given, this is a big deal. What are you left with if you don't do that? If you are not leading your flock with the, the guidance and the in, encouragement to bring healing and casting out demons and raising the dead as principles into this, plus sharing the, the word, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Think about this for a minute. What are you left with? Well, you're left with an agnostic worldview because you have no biblical base. And then for all your sicknesses, you're left to be subject to pharmacia, which is managed by pharmacy and by big pharma. That's black magic. And so it's an amazing thing here when we consider how important those aspects are in our existence here on earth. So it's one thing to be able to go away or go through a life and not know those things should happen. But once you are aware of what needs to be done, the, the accountability is huge. And where much is given, much is asked. God put allowed people to be shepherds of his flock, and these shepherds have done a miserable job. They have not been teaching, for a large degree, they have not been teaching the warrior Christ. They've been teaching the spineless, limp giddy-up step Jesus that is going to get along with everybody and peace at any cost, which is not biblical. So it's very important to understand that part of this thing, and, I, and as I read through, was reading through this, it's... It settles up my heart even more because since Bards Fest, literally, there's been a fire and intensity put on my heart to start praying into strongholds, using our authorities, practicing and disciplining ourselves every day. And you're hearing that on the show. And I'm going to continue to do that regularly. This is part of the warfare we're in. And we have to believe in that. We see the testimonies. This is what's so amazing is God is giving us testimonies. Every single Friday, we get testimonies from people of the effects. And it's really kind of interesting to watch because we pray on Friday, we go through a weekend and it's like the healing kind of locks in and it starts to happen over the few days that follow. And then the true power of the, of the miracle God, God of miracles takes hold as we run into, into midweek the following week and then into Friday we have the testimony. We, we literally prayed for somebody tonight whose father had cancer. They didn't expect him to live for 10 days, that was last week. The testimony today is their father has no cancer. The doctors can't figure it out. He's healthy, and he's going to live long. This is what we're doing. These are the authorities we're given, and we're using these authorities, and we have to continue to use these authorities, especially against this evil. That's part of all of us being shepherds. God has us here right now to where we're supposed to be working in our communities. This is how, as I see this, and I think the greatest, one of the great gifts, I won't say the greatest, but one of the great gifts that's been given to all of us is a decentralized fellowship. Everybody is connected to your local community, and yet we're connected here through the bridges that we create. And it's really quite phenomenal so that we have these five campfires going on all over the world. And we should have a lot of them going on right now and hopefully a lot more. So as we lean into this, this intensity of being shepherds, we are now in the local area. We can start working with prayer groups and we can start building up these, in, these abilities to bring forth the authorities given to us and drill it and practice it every day. God's listening. In fact, I would say the, the cloud of witnesses is just waiting and likely, and I just sense at this extremely exciting moment in heaven. Because for, for the first time in a long time, mass amounts of people are stepping in and saying, yes, I proclaim my authority. Yes, I will step into that. Yes, I will lean into that. So this first part is the prophecy against the shepherds of Israel, which are the spiritual shepherds. But now I want you to hear about the restoration part of this, because this is equally important here to see how God is going to move and what he's doing. And I, and I personally think that this entire passage, Ezekiel 34, is completely apropos for exactly where we are right now. So let's begin then with Ezekiel 34, 11. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I myself will search my flock and seek them out. As a shepherd cares for his sheep on the day that he is among his scattered flocks, so I will care for my sheep, and I will rescue them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries and bring them to their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the streams in all the inhabited places of the land. I will feed them in a good pasture, and I, and their grazing ground will be the mountain heights of Israel there they will lie down on good grazing ground and feed in rich pasture on the mountain of Israel i will feed my flock and i will let them lie down to rest says the lord god i will seek the lost bring back the scattered bandage the crippled and strengthen the weak and the sick but i will destroy the fat and the strong who have become hard-hearted and perverse I will feed them with judgment and punishment. It's very intense. And when we start to look at this value, part of the way that he's this is written towards the spiritual shepherds is they have been taking care of themselves before the flock. We see that all over. Always putting, saying it's more concerning to keep the doors of the dead stone walls open. And just getting through the sermon. Pastors who are relying 100% on what salary comes from the offering plate there is, a, there is a, a sense of the church becomes the business. And when that happens, there's not a lot of room for the Holy Spirit. So this is a really important understanding, in, 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 at least from my eyes, of how God is looking at things because he's also, this is the threshing floor in this whole process here. First, it's the spiritual shepherds that are failing, and those are being pared off. And more than paired off, they are being fed with judgment and punishment. And then it goes on. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I judge between one sheep and another, between the rams and the male goats, between the righteous and the unrighteous. It is too little a thing, is it too little of a thing that you unrighteous ones who are well fed feed in the pasture, in the best pasture, yet you must trample down with your feet of wickedness the rest of the pastures or that you drink clear still water yet you must muddy with your feet of wickedness the rest of the water as for my flock the righteous they must feed on what you trample with your feet and drink what you muddy with your feet again this is i just find this really insightful because we have the this the shepherds which were much as given much as asked and heavy judgment is art is now being levied against them and then between one sheep and another, God is making judgment based on how we are as in terms of one another and how we are in terms of faith and love in him. That gets back to that primary directive of Jesus, love thy neighbor. But as we, there is so much selfishness out here. Now, if we kind of look at this world, and I can just overlay this as an example, and it's much of what I've talked about I, I always just say that, you know, preface this. It's where God's led this, these conversations, in fairness. But when we look at over the world right now, and everybody's waiting for like a big takedown of all the elite cabal. Okay, let's say that happens. That would be in par on par with what God is saying is the judgment of the shepherds. But then there's us. And that judgment's going to continue to be levied against us for how we walk in Christ. And that's going to be between one and another. And I would argue that much of that judgment is going to fall. There's going to be a heavy judgment that falls on all of us for how we have extended towards our neighbors. Have we loved thy neighbor? Have we done what everything we can to bring them to the, to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Have we done that? And if so, and they and have we helped them awaken their eyes to the what's around them? And if if the answer is yes, and they are they just shun it away, then as watchers on the wall in that sense, as shepherds, the blood is no longer on our hands. But how do you judge somebody? How do you think God, I would and this is more of a rhetorical question. how do you think God would judge somebody who had no idea that the shot was bad, trusted in their doctor, trusted in their government? We can, I can criticize that all day long, but in fairness, God is not going to see it the way I see it. And there's going to be a heavier burden on me, for example, in that example, if I know that person and I have not made an attempt to awaken them because I'm the watcher on the wall. So in these processes that we're doing, we have to keep in mind that we do have an obligation to speak truth. And that's a difficult place sometimes because we know the truth often like we speak will often rupture and fracture relationships. I said this to somebody the other day, and encouraging them to speak to somebody that was very close to them about the truth of the shot. And they didn't it's it's a very difficult thing because they know if they do this they're going to probably lose the relationship. And my statement was lose the relationship and they die or give them the truth and hopefully they begin to find the walk towards salvation big difference, and the burden is on them. And so these are decisions each one of us has to make. So we continue at 17. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I judge between one sheep and another. I'm going to see if I did this already. I already read this. Excuse me. Going on to 20. Therefore, says the Lord God to them, behold, I myself will judge between the well-fed fat sheep and the lean sheep because you must push with side and shoulder and gore your horns. All the, all those have become weak and sick until you have scattered them away. Therefore, I will rescue my flock and they shall no longer be prey and I will judge between one sheep ungodly and another godly. Then I will appoint over one sheep and he will be... F- he will feed them a ruler like my servant David. He will feed them and and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David will be a prince among them. And I, the Lord, have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and will eliminate the predatory animals from the land so that they may live securely in the wilderness and sheep and sleep safely in the woods. I will make them... A, I will make them and the places around my hill, Jerusalem, Zion, a blessing, and I will make showers come down in their season. There will be abundant showers of blessing, divine favor, and the tree of the field will yield its fruit, and the earth will yield its produce, and my people will be secure on the land. Then they will know with confidence that I am the Lord. When I have broken the bars of their yoke, And they have rescued rescued them from the hand of those who have made made them slaves. They will no longer be prey to the nations. And the predators of earth will will not devour them, but they will live safely. No no one will make them afraid in the day of the Messiah's reign. I will prepare for them a place renowned for planting crops, and they will not again be victims of famine in the land and they will not endure the insults of the nations any longer. Then they will know with assurance that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and they, the house of Israel, are my people, says the Lord God. As for you, my flock, the flock of my pasture, you are men, and I am your God, says Lord, the Lord God. As I'm reading this, I'm, I'm the imagery that comes out where we are today is phenomenal. We are being subjected to a plethora of predators right now. And the children are just being waylaid. The sickening part of where we are right now, it's like watching children run through a forest with a cavalry of hunters behind them. And we could be in that forest setting ambushes and traps and waylaying the cavalry of of hunters, but we're not. And the children are being left to run run free. And in fact, worse, it's like we bring them to a park and we let them go into the park knowing that there's threats in there, but we turn our blind eye to that as a culture and we go home and tend to the things that are good for us and then wonder why our children get changed, get abused, their minds get altered, and even their bodies get mutilated. This war has truly been against the family, first and foremost, men and then women and now children. And it's such an important time that men in the need of men, and yet too many men, are still sitting on the side. And some of this is guilt because men have been subjected, as we spoke of last night, to this immense and intense attack using pornography and lust as a weapon system, and men are overburdened with guilt guilt. Or worse, they're getting satisfied through the lusts and they're not willing to and they are not willing or they are unable to connect with our Father God. And women equally are being subjected to this. And so it's dividing the family. The burden of 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 so much of this, of the the incomes is falling increasingly on the woman. And then that also means the burdens of raising the child is equally there. And women are missing and have a void of strong men and so there's a scattering of focus the focus in the family is broken and when you when you break focus you create vulnerabilities if you're on a team and you're doing an assault and one person tends to look the other way and not pay attention you create a vulnerability in the team everybody has to be in unison with this attack and eyes on head on a swivel because the enemy can come from any angle But when we get all these distractions going, the enemy can just walk right into the house and the enemy can waylay this. And unfortunately, as I was alluding to last night, I'm just reinforcing it tonight, as we've seen the decline of the power of the pulpit and we have seen the decline of the powerful word of the warrior Christ in our lives, people have been left to be slaughtered by predators and the church has failed to a large degree. And with that, they have opened the gates to let the hounds of hell ravage the village. And people were ill-prepared. In fact, I would argue that so many people are ill-prepared for where our next step is. I truly have on my heart, I truly believe, and this is backed by other prophetic visions of others, but I I'm following where God's leading, truly. And I just know in my heart of hearts that what we're doing every Friday and what we're trying to stimulate to get everybody to do every day, to pray in, to use the authorities, to break these strongholds, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, and to do greater works than he, those are the foundations that are going to make the difference between winning or losing the greater victory. Now, that doesn't always set well when we talk in terms of Christ and in our belief, because as is always said, well, we've already won. Christ won, broke the contract, and it was a contract broken with His blood, and that brought the greater victory. But to bring the victory on the ground, that's the authorities that we were given. And until that day that He returns, our mission is extremely intense. We've been living in this enemy battleground for our whole lives. Unfortunately, few churches even speak of it. Instead, they speak of an end days, of a time of revelation when Christ is going to return. And the more that it's done this way, you you come across these ideas, you hear it all the time, well, just take me home or I will be brought to heaven by Christ in many different forms. That's an escapism mentality. The, the fight that's going to make the difference is for those that are on the ground, intensely focused on what's before us, using our, our, our authorities as a weapon system to break the strongholds, to heal the sick. And we have to release ourselves from any sort of limitations this world has placed on us. When, in, when God is speaking in this prophecy that he will hold the churches accountable to this fact that you have not healed the sick. You have not bandaged the cripple. You have not brought back those gone astray. Those are powerful judgments. And when you think about this, I mean, this is where we have to start thinking bigger and bolder. We've had some great prayers of people asking, for example, to have hips healed or steel plates taken out of their head. The question is, do you believe that can happen? I do. I absolutely do. I believe that we can restore anything. If there's an artificial limb, I think that we can pray to have that limb regrown. And we hear this in the realms of the mystics. We know that it has happened. But in this day and age, when you say things like that, it's like stretching the mind of the, of the, of the shaped and formed and rigidly thinking Christian because they're like, oh, wait a minute, this is this is crazy stuff. It's not crazy stuff. This is well within the authorities of what we've been given if we so believe. And if our heart is in that prayer to do just that, why shouldn't we? Praying to have a kidney start working again, what's the difference between that or ridding a body of cancer or growing a limb back? We can't limit ourselves. It's always like we say, we can't put God in a box, but we do need to use these authorities boldly. And I truly believe if we can build out these testimonies, the army of testimonials, of people who have been healed and healed through the process of prayer and the interaction with the Holy Spirit or an encounter with Jesus the knowledge and, and of what has happened to them rests within their heart and that's part of a prayer to awaken it's such a profound moment because we can literally change this world with truly the power of the Holy Spirit and, the, and wielding the sword of the Spirit in a mighty way. But that is literally on the battlefield. If you can imagine yourself on that battlefield, waging spiritual war, taking on the enemy that's trying to make the hurt, the, the flock sick, protecting them, picking them up, moving them to the side of safety, healing their wounds, getting them back up. And now imagine that manifesting into the physical. Because this is where truly the wounds are deep. Many times what people are struggling with in the physical is a deep spiritual wound within their heart, within their spirit, within their soul. We can heal those things. Arguably, and, and depending on you know where, what you believe, but there's a lot of discussion as to these, these ailments that people get are often rooted in a spiritual wound. And it's interesting that the other belief systems actually believe that other than people in the modern-day church. Our mission is bold here, and I see our mission as prescient. I see our mission as one that is, is of necessity in this critical hour for humanity, and we're not just doing it for fun. This isn't carnival tricks. This is saving souls. And I can't think of a higher order of mission than that right there, than to be known that you're here now in this time in this place. Reflect on where you were six years ago, seven years ago. Reflect on you here today. You've been called and you follow your heart to come here to have these discussions, to share these ideas. If you were called to go to Bardsfest, same type of thing. These things happen because God leads us. And the subject matter, I just, even just watch my own narratives. I pay real close attention to how God leads these stories. And the progress, the track, the, the arc of the story from 2019 and even before 2018, and then even before when I was doing this back in 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. These story arcs have changed so radically. And these arcs have moved from this place of understanding the deep state, organizing people, looking at the mechanisms of information warfare. All of those are important looking at the idea of how to train people to be other than using the trigger, but now using the tools of information warfare to break down the barriers and the strongholds. And that's now evolved to this incredible place where the lead element that God just keeps pushing is that we need to be praying into this, using our authorities and be mighty men and women in this era. We are literally this, the this children of the Most High. And as we step into that place, which is so exciting, and God is speaking it. In Ezekiel 34, it's right here. What he's doing here is he's bringing forth his new shepherds. The current church is broken, let's be real. And there's shepherds, there's so many of them that are just broken and weak. There can be some good sermons, don't get me wrong. But so few people even lean into these ideas of authorities that were given. Those words are not coming from within the dense stone walls for the most part. They're coming from in the hearts of the church that God is awakening. That's the true church within us. And this is time now that as we come together where two or three are gathered and we start to work that and the power of the digital world is immense because we can create those networks and those groups just like we do here in this fellowship. We can reach across the world. We're not limited by boundaries. It already changes the equation for us, which is phenomenal. So many people have been very rigid in their healing, a sense like I have to have hands on. We have absolutely dispelled that that concept, blown it out of the water, sunk it, and sent it to the bottom of the sea with what we do on Friday. Because we are all together in different locations geographically. We've prayed for people in Ireland, in, in Australia, in South Africa, in Chile. We pray for people all over the world, in the UK. And as we pray, we're getting results. Things are happening. We're not there to put hands on, but we are hands on in the body of Christ. That is so incredibly empowering. And the discipline that's being developed here, this is the the foundations for being incredible warriors for Christ. And the more we go down this path, and I can tell you even myself, the more that you go down this path, the inclination, the draw, the interest, the anxiety, all these words that I could put to this of thinking in terms of a gun war or a violent war just continue to fade. They get It's just like somebody's whitewashing them away. And what's rising up is this brilliance, this mightiness of the sword of the spirit, because we're gaining the experience, the knowledge, the, 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 the training to see that it actually works. And so that crutch, and I said this a number of weeks ago, that there will come a time with all of us that we will still carry the sword of steel in whatever form we have, but it won't be to be used as much as it will be to be a reminder of where we were and how great we have traveled in the moment where we literally now can affect healing, each one of us. I want you just to imagine for a moment, just close your eyes. I want you just to imagine stadiums around the world and around this country, stadiums, not filled with baseball or basketball or, or even football, oh, soccer. No, no, none of that. I want you to imagine yourself being on the ground of the stadium along with other fellow members of Bard's Nation and, and others too that have come and have answered the call to follow the authorities. And I want you to look around the stadium and around the stadium are people packed in and there's people pouring in and they're, they're wounded. Some are sick with the consequences of the shot. Some are, are crippled just by age or by injury. Some are just downtrodden, they're worn down, they're exhausted, they feel like there's no hope. Some are the children that have been mutilated by these surgeries. Some are soldiers that carry the burdens and, and scars of war deep within their heart and wounds on their body. Maybe it's a fireman that has fallen in in a building and been severely burned. And maybe it's just a young child that was born with Down syndrome. I want you to imagine this now. And you're part of an amazing group of people that are there together. And every person that comes before you, we pray. And God through God and the powers of the authorities given to us, we witness the transformation happen. It's not days, it's there. The healing happens. We witness a limb grow. We witness eyesight given. We witness the mute speak. We witness the skin disorder go away. We witness the crippled walk. All through the prayers and the declaration of authorities given to us by our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray hard. We are mighty warriors in the kingdom. And with each one, we're bringing a soul back to heaven. Each one, we're bringing them into the love of Christ. The witness of what they experience opens their heart. It breaks down the strongholds within them that tells them that a church is bad or that they can't be Christian or whatever nonsense they've been programmed with. And all this is happening through us. And it begins, and it all began with just, listening to the call and practicing every day and believing mightily in, in the Holy Spirit and leaning into God and saying God I want to be a warrior of healing in this world I want to cast out the demons to set help them set themselves free I want you to imagine somebody walking up and just having one of these sudden heart attacks that just falls right in front of you no no pulse nothing I' just imagine praying on them. And they just stand back up and totally healed. This is what I believe. And I, this belief has been with me most of my life. But it wasn't until I made the turn last fall with Isaiah 61 that I finally understood the tools that were put before me to make this happen. It's more than belief. God has given us these things. And we have to believe deeply in it. What I find is every week that we do these prayers and every day that I do these prayers, I find that any of the hesitations that I had before are just dissipating. I'm I'm going to the point now that's almost incredible to me that when someone says, my my hip is on bone on bone and I'm just like, it's done. It should be healed now. I believe that. You have to too. And I can't tell you to do something, but that's the commitment we make because this is a profound time. This war will not be won with guns on the ground as much as we might like to dream of that nonsense. And I'm not gonna tell you that won't happen, but it's not gonna be the victory. The victory of this war is going to be through the healing, the casting out of demons, the raising the dead, the doing the greater works than he, and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because what all that does is it resets everything. And tell me your heart doesn't just sing when I say we can heal a child that has been mutilated by these surgeries and restore their body to the perfection of kingdom, cast out the demons of sexual confusion and bring them back to the purity in which God intended them to be. Can we do this? Amen, yes we can. Can we do it right now? I don't know. I'd try. I will try and we'll try it in prayer tonight. But that's, that's where we need to be. You know, unfortunately, there's been so much negative imagery around healing. Feel the power of God across the room. Have him shock you to the back of the room. All this nonsense. And there's been so much absolute tomfoolery done to raise money for churches and and to bring in these clowns that try to act like they're healers when they've got staged events going on. We know it. Every one of us has witnessed it. We know what we're talking about. And God will judge them because they don't have the heart of kingdom. They have the heart of a selfishness and a heart of further wallet. But that's not the walk we make. And it's not the walk I make. I can't think of a higher service to our Father than to be healing the sick, to freeing people from the influence of demons, and to helping them be set free in the power of the Holy Spirit on this earth. And in so doing, every single... Victory we have there, we cut another tie with the enemy. We weaken their strength and their influence one more step. My true hope, more than hope, my prayers to Father are that I can myself in my own walk be so present with the Holy Spirit that I could just walk into a room with Antifa. They would not see me, they would just simply feel and see the power of the Holy Spirit. And in a conversation, Literally have them fall and pray on their knees with me to Jesus and have every one of them saved. Do I believe that's possible? Absolutely. Amen. Am I ready to do it right now? If God guided me, I would jump in a heartbeat. But that's going to center itself on a fearlessness and an unbelievably powerful trust in our Father. And a knowledge that He is not fixing it. We are using the authorities and through us, He's working with us. And Jesus is always there. These are incredible powers and authorities we're given. And it demands equally responsibility. So just as a final note on this, we have to be careful here on a few things. And it's just a caution. One is you cannot force somebody to accept Jesus. To pray that someone will accept Jesus, you'll seldom hear me say that. Because it gets into white and black magic. It's against their free will. We have to create an opportunity for them to level the scales. Most everybody has a highly imbalanced scale in their life that has not had an experience with the living God. They have a distorted view. What we need is to balance the scales. We need to pray in to this powerful place where they can have an experience with the Holy Spirit, having an encounter with Jesus, and be so confronted with the power of love and all that he is, there's no longer a competition with the father of lies but at that point they have to choose it's the same with like casting out demons you can you can rebuke demons but if you cast them out and they haven't say, accepted christ and then they're not doing the rebuking the demon will come back 7 times stronger and it's even said in scripture so that's one big issue right there and it's the it's the responsibility that we have equally like if you're if we're praying towards diverting storms for example it's nice to protect someplace, but we have to be very careful how we pray for this because what you don't want to do is go, huh, I want my community is saved, and then whoosh, there goes that storm next to your next-door community and wipes them out, and that can happen. So we have to, res- and then we're accountable. We are accountable for these gifts and talents. They're profound gifts and talents. We have to balance what we want, and we have to focus the target strategically and and zero it in and at the same time be compassionate for those that are around and the effects that that can create. So it's always a good idea to probably throw in a few caveats, like father, like if in a storm, disrupt the storm and if you divert the storm, divert it to a place where no, no human being or property will be damaged or destroyed, especially children. What an amazing time we live in. I, for myself to be fully transparent, Since I was about three years old, a word was given to me that there would be a time that you'll be called. And this is a time in which you were intended to live. And I had no idea what that meant my whole life. But this is the time. And what an amazing and glorious time it is to live increasingly day by day deep within the breath of the Holy Spirit. Spend time each day in the quiet. Open your mind up and letting God speak to you. Don't just speak to God. Hear him. Seek his face. Open your heart up to the powers and unlimited potential of our authorities. And always guide their prayers with a loving and forgiving heart. No vengeance. No anger. Righteous indignation is different. But still be very clear on that because it's a fine line we walk. What an amazing time we live because this is how the victory is. This is how we win. And this is why you're called. Let's pray. Father God, we just humbly come before you. Quiet our minds for a moment and we just say, Father, we are here. Father, what an amazing time you have placed us in. So, Father, tonight we're going to be bold. And I, you know I'm always bold. So tonight we're all going to be bold. And if I'm laughing, obviously the Holy Spirit's good with it, so that's good. Father, we want... We are declaring not what we want. We are declaring with the authorities given to us by our Savior Jesus. A most amazing miracle for the children in this world. We're going to pray tonight. There's for two groups: one, those that are victimized by this transgender nonsense that have been scarred and mutilated and are in the process of confusion, taking drugs that are trying to transition them. Father, this prayer is global. This prayer is to touch every one of those children, to rebuke and to shake out any of these demonic influences that are creating a spirit of confusion. And now, the coup d'etat. Father, we pray for restoration of their bodies, to the gender in which they were born, to the perfection of all that you intended the casting out of the demonic influences as their bodies themselves are restored miraculously restored parts that have been cut off are now restored and healed and the drugs that are put in their body are just pulled out as if neutralized as if they are no more and as they awaken from this tomorrow the next day father this is this is one of these miracles of healings that will shake the world leave parents stunned and leave children back to the grace and glory in which they were intended to be. But with this, Father, we want them to be touched by the power of Jesus. Jesus, we're just asking you that you can just place your hand on each of the little ones. Let the blood flow to heal their bodies and let them know you. And let each of these children have eyes for you and eyes for a kingdom and even become prophetic in the sense of what they see, to have conversations with you. And let this miracle shake the world, move across the world at speeds unprecedented. Miracles of healing that will just leave people stunned, questioning, wondering what happened. And with that, each child given the hedge of protection to ensure that no matter where they are, what station they're in, they will become mighty in their place and no one will touch them again. And Father, we also pray for the children that are being trafficked and victimized and sexualized. We pray for those hands that are trying to touch them that they'll be rebuked and bound. And the scars that are on these children, oh Jesus, we just pray that these scars will just be removed. No more deep scars. A restoration of the joy and beauty of the innocence of a child given back to them. That that creature that slips in the night, the father of lies who seeks to destroy, rape, and kill. All that he's taken will be taken back. The shepherds that have used their place to poorly influence the children, the weight of judgment will fall upon them. The parents who have misled their children or worse have abused or sent their children into this slavery, the weight of that judgment will fall upon them. And by weight of judgment, Father, we pray that in this hour, that there is an awakening of the heart, that they fall to their knees and seek forgiveness before the throne. A choice they must make, but a profound opportunity and a realization of what they have done placed before them to understand the consequences of the walk that they are now on. But most importantly, Father, these children, we pray for a hedge of protection around them. And as one group is healed in the physical, all, both all the children are healed in the emotional and the spiritual, and that they're restored to the mightiness and power, the foundation of what the gifts were to this world and let those demons scream. For the demons now have no dominion over them. They have no touch to them. They have no avenue towards them. We rebuke the demonic that's trying to go after the children. We bind it with the blood of Jesus of Nazareth. And every demon now that approaches a child will find itself cast directly to the lake of fire. Its tongue can only speak these words, Jesus is Lord. These children are to be touched no more and let the demonic realm hear these words by the authorities given to us by our savior, Jesus Christ, as the children of the most high, the sons and daughters of the most high, we now proclaim that all children on this earth are hands off, no touching, no manipulating, no influencing, no damaging. They are protected with the blood of Christ and the authorities given to us as stewards of this earth and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name, amen. Be bold. Never hesitate to pray for what's on your heart. Don't think of yourself as unworthy. Understand that each one of us is a child of God. With that is not timidness, but mightiness. Father, put us here with authorities to do just what we need to do, to protect, to steward, to expand, and to subdue. So be bold in these hours. Pray with the authorities that you have. Believe. And if you look around and you say, well, if you start this thing like, I don't see anything, know that those are the words of the devil himself trying to get into your head. Cast it out. Stay focused and stay on mission. We can't see what God sees, but we know that he hears our hearts. Patriots, I hope you have a very blessed weekend. Be encouraged. This is a glorious time to win and to be part of this, and we are on the move. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us, and in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time in this place for just such a time as this. We're at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you Sunday night for Peace Be Still. There's going to be a number of drops through the weekend related to Bards Fest. Just some of the clips are coming through, the audio ones, if you want to enjoy that again. And of course, we have the Bright on TV show on tomorrow as well. So until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Wage war.
1: Oh, I want to feel something I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest dead Oh, I want to feel something Let me get back in